Hello, welcome to Millennial Z and Boomer X. I am Boomer X and... I'm Millennial Z. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about electric vehicles. Um, what impact do they have? Why all the fuss about them now? What kind of state are they in? Where are they going? And uh, who's controlling this? And for what reason? Uh, and more, in fact. Uh, and you'll get it from my point of view, being a cusp of boomer generation and generation X, and his point of view. So being younger. So, and it said one of the, one of the first things I, I read uh, was in electric.com, and it was electric with a K. And it said that almost Edgy. all, yeah, yeah, got to be cute. But it said all of the, or not all, but most of the buyers currently for electric vehicles were white males, uh, middle-aged, earning over six figures. So, and everybody who's championing it, and it's like, well, it's kind of obvious when you look at the impediments as to why that is, because they're the only expensive. people can afford it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're freaking expensive. You know, I yeah. think I saw, uh, you know, one of the Teslas listed a little over eighty thousand dollars. I don't know if it was their top of the line one or their uh, not middle of the line one. I know it was at the bottom because they have a bottom of the line one. It's more like when I say bottom, it's still not bad. It's just for a Tesla, it was more like. Uh, 55 or 60 or something but i remember that was i think they have one that's for 35 to forty thousand, i believe but yeah that's that's really inexpensive for a tesla so if if, if that being the case yeah that, that but that the a... amount of miles available you know the travel time's a lot lower because of that yeah you know, the you performance is many... greatly less like it's, right. it's like why even bother buying it if i can't use it in a way you want to use a four-wheel vehicle you know but one of the one of the things and statistics I saw, and this came from the Environment America and Research Policy Center that said electric vehicles in 2011, there were just over 16,000 battery and plug-in hybrid electric vehicles sold in the U.S. Now, they're including hybrids on this, so that's not even pure battery vehicles like the Tesla or some of the other newer ones that have come out. I mean, if you include hybrids, Prius has been out for a long time. That's why they go back to 2011, I guess. But it's also more inclusive of anything that's possible that uses a battery that doesn't need that internal combustion to move. You know, it could go on the battery for a while before it goes out. But that 16,000 vehicles in 2011 had been sold in the U.S. As of December 2020, that number had grown 100-fold to nearly 1.7 million vehicles. That's huge. And, and by mid 2021, the cumulative plug-in electric vehicle sales had surpassed 2 million. So that's crazy. That's well over a hundred fold. And that's in one decade. That sounds like a lot, but I think just F-150s do that in a year. <laughs> you know what, what I mean? mean? Like the oh, amount of F-150s. Yeah, yeah, just but, the sales alone. But, but also you're in Texas, so you see F-150s everywhere. You know? Well, I say F-150 because it's the most sold car in America. Most I believe, sold like, vehicle, one. yeah. Yeah, I think truck. F-1, of, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and most sold vehicle, but, you know. The, one of the, them, if not the, you know. But for electric vehicle, it didn't even exist, you know, 15 years ago. And now sure. it's too mid. Now it's selling you know, as one of the major, one of the major ones that we talked about earlier, who's buying them. And that's because they're the only ones that can afford them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. The, the top three barriers to electric vehicles, uh, vehicle costs. Um, it is vehicle costs. How much are they? Range, because people don't want to have to buy something if you can't go anywhere in them. Well, you know, and charging infrastructure. You know, like right. where, are you gonna, where are you going to charge up when you run out? You know, um, that's. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, those are that, huge limiting factors, though. Like, yeah, huge. that is that's the three main ones, and that that is three. But you know, my my thing is, why are they so popular now? It's like the marketing's just like shoving it in our faces constantly about how good they are, what they're going to do for us, changing the planet for the better for everyone. You know, and just making life better, like your butterflies and rainbows, if you can get an electric vehicle. You know what I mean? And well, like, part of the green, you know, part of the Green New Deal was they would want electric cars. I know Europe's trying to have all electric cars only sold by 2030, I believe, something like that. Yeah, 2030 yeah. to 2040. You know, and I know it's because of the Paris Accords or the Paris Agreement back in 2015, where they got all the countries to sign off on it. That and Trump tried to get us out of it, uh, but I think we're still on the list. They're still having us on the hook for it. I don't think he formally retracted, uh, and I, I didn't research that up because. They, when I did, we were still listed as having to be in compliance by, you know, by, by I think, 2030. And we were, or 2050, uh, I have some more notes later, but Biden is definitely on it. He's still pushing that train. So it doesn't matter. Sure. Trump yeah. got us out. He put us back on it. And, it, you know, it is what it is. Um, but, you know, uh, treehugger.com showed that less than 1% of all vehicles on the road are electric vehicles. And the U.S. electric vehicle market is dominated by a single player. Guess which one? Yeah, Tesla, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, in 2020, Tesla sold more electric vehicles in the United States than all other manufacturers combined. Their sales accounted for nearly 79% of all new electric vehicles registered in the United States. Now, they don't sell hybrid vehicles. They just sell battery vehicles. So 79% of all, I mean, so there's... Very few hybrids being sold now. Everybody's getting closer to full electric, full battery operated vehicles. Um, and, and it was supposed that their market share may decline due to cost because Teslas are expensive. And the $7,500 federal tax credit that was given to electric vehicles, Tesla's not getting it anymore. It ended in 2019, December, because they sold over 200,000 vehicles. Uh, and when you do that, you there's like because that's part of the uh, tax incentive that they were being used for Tesla. Uh, they had a number of tax incentives um, that were propping that country, that company up. Um, and other brands haven't sold 200,000 vehicles yet. So, you know, you can still get one, uh, I think, uh, a, t- a federal tax incentive if you buy a different electric vehicle. Uh, but check your tax laws because I'm not sure. But that's that's what that article led me to believe on treehooker.com, you know, um, and they have, seem to have their uh, pulse on it. Um, but but one of the things mentioned uh, you mentioned about uh, Biden, CNN reported November 23rd, 2021, that President Joe Biden wants half the vehicles sold in the U.S. to be electric vehicles or plug in hybrids by 2030. So, oh, OK, so uh, so America's standing is about half at least. Which is yeah, so that means fifty percent of all vehicles sold in twenty thirty. That's eight years away. Which and is still crazy if you think about it, because that's still not even close to what Europe's trying. Even though Europe's trying an entire conversion, 
we just have so many more cars on the road than Europe. Yeah, I, I think their whole conversion is set for 2035. Um, I'm not sure. I just know about right. US. It might be 23, but complete conversion. That's eight years. That's that's actually pretty short when you're going to mobilize your entire population to adopt a particular thing. And they still have working vehicles, a substitute now that, in right. my opinion, operates better for the consumer than what they're putting out right now. Uh, yeah, and it's, and it's by cheap, far. You know, um, I just don't see electric cars pulling the weight, you know, doing anything that's reasonable where, you know, get a 3500 dually. What, what electric cars doing that? What electric well, cars doing that? You know, they got... They're working Five on electric wheel. semis and the torque. Electric vehicles have torque out the wazoo. They can definitely pull it. The thing they is, definitely they definitely can pull it. Pull it twenty miles. Right. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, oh, you, you can know, definitely so get the power, but for how unless long? Unless you're going across town, miles, it's maybe. Be right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah, and, um, and not only that, you have the infrastructure limitations. That that's a big one. Nobody really wants to talk about. Like, oh, they have they have they have the. Um, <laughs> I just saw a reading on. They have a new litigation out that says if there's because of the infrastructure demand or the energy demand and the lack of infrastructure for electric cars that when they're charging and if they have a power outage or a power need of some sort for somebody else they're actually going to be allowed to take battery power out of your vehicle and then use it for whatever they need it for you mean like emergency services yeah, so essentially, you know, we, we can do like a radical situation where, you know, it's a hurricane and there's power outages and they need to, you know, use energy from your car to move it to somewhere else for the grid for hospitals or something like that, right? Right, right. So they'll be able to commandeer your your vehicle for their whatever use, no matter what yep. you're doing? Yep. Not yeah, only that, but they're also going to set a tax. They're going to set an energy tax. Oh, well, they're going to have to do that because they get huge taxes off of gasoline and refineries and, yeah. and, and all that at different stages. Gasoline, most of the cost of gasoline is taxation at different mm-hmm. levels of creation, extraction, distribution, then retail sale. It's, it's unbelievable. In some states, it's more than that, but a lot of it's federal and the rest of it's state and then some of it's local. But yeah, so that'll be gone. So I suspect they'll be charging everybody uh, a mileage use tax. Like there'll be little dongles in your vehicle that you have no say-so about in order for them to have enough revenue to continue to keep up the roads, maintain infrastructure, you know, and yep. things like that. Otherwise, it's not it's not going to be viable at all to be able to have EVs. And they're they're definitely pushing EVs. They went from, you know, it's a it's a novelty to now everybody's got to have it. And, and it, isn't it great for everybody that you have it? Which is kind of wild to me, you know. I've never seen that in my life for a, for a, pro, a consumer product, you know. I mean, that's the go-to propaganda for it. It helps the world, you know. Which yeah, that's it's kind of yeah, yeah debatable, <laughs> you know. And, and uh, like I said, I, I saw an article in New York Times, you know, um, last Wednesday, January 26, twenty two. It said Tesla said that its profit left more than six-fold last year in 2020 to $5.5 billion for 2020. Um, that's the highest total in its 19-year history, which means it's been in business for 19 years, but it's really only gotten press in the last 10 probably, right? Um, yeah. or, or around about there, 12 maybe. Yeah, he almost um, lost that business a couple times in the beginning. Right. And, and the funny thing was, this is the first year it made any profit was 2021. So 19 years, it's being supported by government subsidies. It made no profit. Any other business would have been bankrupt. So to me, it's clear that there's some sort of agenda that's being pushed 
And, you know, that's one of the reasons, well, Elon Musk made his money off of PayPal. That's how he got rich. You know, then he decided to do those other businesses. He's just a smart guy. But Tesla was not one of those profitable businesses. He was, to me, he was some kind of insider that knew how to get money and could make stuff happen. But how, how many, I mean, I want to start a business and they're going to give me enough money to live rich for 19 years until it makes a profit. No other business is that going to happen, but they're doing it for Tesla, you know, and his SpaceX business, same way. Sure. It's pulling in money and people are paying it, but it's not, it's not profitable either right now. If I, if I remember the figures I read on it, um, but it's, it's pretty crazy. Now, of course he said uh, in business insider that no one should be receiving government subsidies to do any of their business. Like, you didn't have a problem with it for two decades and you're still doing it in one of your businesses, at least. Um, but nobody, he doesn't want the competition. I mean, that's a classic businessman thing. He doesn't want, he didn't want anybody, but he had no problem receiving literally billions of dollars over the course of two decades to keep his businesses up. You know, if it wasn't for subsidies other than PayPal, and I'm sure he had a few others going on that were okay, but his major ones that the press constantly is putting up there, he wouldn't, he wouldn't even have those businesses, you know, um, yeah. which is which is nuts to me. But, I, you know, I find it. But Europe and China are really adopting electric vehicles. Canada, too. Um, you know, they're all about it. Uh, it, it and, and that's fine. That's those countries. If they want to do that, there's those governments and those people. But this one, the United States is supposed to be a little more liberty and freedom minded. Like, yeah, we, we can adopt it if you can convince us to do it. That's, you know, that's, that's cool. But if not, then we don't want to. So the fact that they're pushing for a 50% by 2030 in eight years, every vehicle on the road, every vehicle registered is going to be electric vehicle. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty. Well, they don't even consider it under the American freedom, you know, choice they considered under, well, you're just doing good for the, for the climate, for the world. So we should all be in hand and helping the world out when real in reality, electric vehicles don't really help out in the long run because the amount of waste, they cause the amount of disposable because yeah, they're unibodied off of batteries that you actually make them disposable vehicles. So now you have to get an entire another vehicle. You know how much material you're wasting doing that? Well, that's the thing. I, I saw another one that California basically said, yeah, we don't know what to do with the lithium waste after they have no idea where to put it. And if they don't know, they're on the, they're on the cutting edge of electric vehicles. You know, if they don't know what to do with it, they're like trying to figure it out. And California accounted for 41% of all U.S. electric vehicle sales in 2020. That's 41% total, one state, you know, so. Yeah, if we're getting on the, on the, on the details of Tesla's um, failures and commodities and the lack thereof, I should say, is I, I keep hearing horror stories about them having, you know, some type of failure in the system, whether it be software or hardware, um, but it taking them months and months and then costing the customer himself lots of money because there's not too many dealerships around them so they have a, a vehicle sitting there for months and months and then that causes more problems because it's an electric vehicle you know sitting there without a battery so then they have battery issues because it's been sitting dead for months nobody's touched it and they have to charge it back up which causes the battery life to be even worse because the cycles get lower because it's been sitting there dead forever so then you yeah. just lower the life charge so right. then now you and then you can't replace these batteries because they're part of the car they're they're embodied in the frame of the car so you can't yeah, just like, oh, let me just the take frame. these batteries out. Yeah. Before they were just like a pack attached to the frame. But I think of the last year, they were part of the frame, which makes it even more expensive to get it out. Right. Uh, but I saw a thing, an uh, article uh, on makeuseof.com. 
back in 2019, Elon Musk said that a, a replacing a battery module only cost between five and $7,000 in one of his Tesla. And that was before they made it a part of the frame, just, just as a, you know, as a, a modular, the right. they're the heaviest things, you know, so they want to keep it, you know, keep it the center of gravity lower. So, but, but each Tesla model uses between four and five battery modules per vehicle. Yeah. So, so you're looking you're at looking, twenty to thirty-five thousand, depending. Right, and that and twenty and thirty-five thousand dollars per vehicle, and that, and he quoted that in 2019 when things were cheaper. You know, right. the inflation has gone up in the last three years. You know, add another ten to fifteen percent to that, so you're looking between twenty-two and a half and thirty-eight thousand dollars. You know, to do that, uh, and that's if you can find a place to do it. And how long is that going to take? There uh, it is. Right. Yeah, you, you, it's not like oh, bam, we'll get it done. You know, this is like uh, some horror stories are like years. Some people have year and a half until some guy got his stuff together, and it wasn't anything crazy. Like I think he had to get the dash screen re replaced. You know, stuff like that. But oh, they're waiting the on the parts. Yeah, because the semiconductors are frozen right now. You know, it, it's it's nuts. You know, there's, yeah, the the supply chain is just frozen right now, and that's a problem for everything. I mean, even even internal combustion energy. You know, uh, cars. They, they're, they're slow. You can you drive yeah. by a lot right now and it looks desolate except for employee vehicles. And a couple right. But think of how much, you know, how much market there is for that. Now we're talking about a niche market as EVs where it's even less of a demand because right. there's and less the people have them. Demand is much higher. You know, they need a much more modern CPU uh, yeah. uh, than other ones. But yeah, that's, that's great. 20 to 35,000. Now I think the batteries last a lot longer than your typical lithium ion. I saw that, you know, they were, uh, one place was bragging they last like 300,000 miles on a Tesla before the batteries are, are useless, which is impressive. That is impressive. Uh, and I saw a guy that was weeping, you know, and another one that it cost him about almost $25,000 to get the battery switched out in his car. And his car was like, I think it was like uh, seven years old or something. And that's definitely longer than like usually in a phone, you know, four years, five years and you're done. You know, you well, you just say a car battery, a lithium car battery is about three to five years still, even with an like an acid comparatively, it's about the same yeah, amount of lifetime. Start your car like the alternator and, and start the engine. It's like three to five years. So you're looking at it, it, it's going to be, you know, significantly more than that. So there's obviously these batteries are much greater. Yeah, the architecture is definitely superior. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Much greater durability and reliability. So you're looking at, you know, five to seven years, probably this guy, I think it was seven. And that's. That, that, that's impressive for a battery as far as I'm concerned. But still, when the battery goes out, there is nothing you can do with it. It is a paperweight. It's, it's a throwaway now yeah, with it, it being in part of the frame. And you're looking at between, you know, 22000 and 38000 to replace it, depending on where you go, what you have, and what you need done. And if it's going to be a part of the frame, it's going to be more than that. It's going to, that was then, you know, that when it was attached to the frame, not part of the frame, meaning inside the beams, you know, those hollow tubes. So that I can't even imagine. Yeah, they're going to have to define some way, some way to make that modular. Otherwise, you're, you're essentially you're, forced to buy a new vehicle every seven-ish years. Yeah, you're you're a, you're yeah. a Gillette Razor and Tesla's now. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, that's essentially it. But I mean, half the vehicles are going to be that way at least. And and if they force it, if they just pass a law, you know, you're you're not going to have any choice. And I think California did exact, exactly that. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. Um, uh, law looked up starting in 2030 california will require all light duty autonomous vehicles 
operating in the state to emit zero emissions. I thought it was 2035. So you're looking at 2030, 100% new build signed into law by Governor Gavin Newsom on Thursday, September 24, 2021. So that's, yeah, all of them. So, you know, that means they're gonna have semis and everything, you know. Now it says autonomous vehicles. So does that mean it didn't say passengerless, you know, or driverless, it said autonomous. What, what do they mean by that definition? Does it have to be, you know, or, or they, do they mean it can be driven by anyone, you know? Um, so that's interesting. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm sure they wrote it that way to argue it later, uh, knowing how politics is. Uh, right. <laughs> but 100%, more. that's yeah. uh, that's nuts. And um, I, I, one of them that got me said the Department of Energy, the U.S. Department of Energy on December 5th, 2021, said there are fewer than 46,000 public electric vehicle stations currently in the U.S., 46,000 nationwide, most of them are in California, and that the massive $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill of Joe Biden is a key piece of the president's economic agenda. So, you know, that's good. So they're dumping public funds to, to make this happen. So obviously it's part of their agenda. And Forbes in November 13, 2021 said the electricity grids can handle electric vehicles easily they just need proper management, which basically is a non-sentence. You know, like, of course, it's it electricity flows in them easily, you know, but That's a they need proper flat out lie. That's yeah. a flat out lie. It's a nonsense. It's like, well, yeah, if you make if you set them up properly, it'll easily hand it, handle it. Like, well, it can handle it now. Well, sure it can, because people are charging vehicles now. We're talking getting, about when I'm getting power outages in now. here. In Houston, I'm getting power outages in Houston because of the demand, because we're set on yeah, right a lot now. of our, right, yeah. right now. Right now, yeah. Let yeah. alone any type of, you know, any reasonable percentage of people using EVs. 15, let's say 15% start using EV. Right. Which it, which it isn't by any means. No. That would destroy, that would destroy the grid. <laughs> yeah, of course it would. I mean, it, it can't do it. Um I, like I said, we just said that, you know, less than 1% of all vehicles on the road currently are electric vehicles. You remember that uh, huge, less crazy winter, winter we had in Houston and, and then people were getting all mad because their electric bills are crazy? That would be the, the norm if they continued it and the market was the same way for the electric. Yeah, grid. I mean, they have brownouts in California and on the East Coast every summer right now, you know, and we're not even talking about how the cold affects you know, electric vehicles and batteries. We AAA said cold weather can cut electric car range over 40%. Yeah, over, over 40%. And that's definitely dependent upon how cold it gets. It yeah. can get up to 60%. And that's, you know, the battery holds less of a charge. Current doesn't flow as well. And you might not even be able to access those places. You know, it. so where are you going to go? You know, and a lot of that's due to, of course, running the heater. But if you're freezing to death, you can't exactly drive anywhere. You have to run the heater when it's that <laughs> cold. I mean, if you're in Canada, what what are they going to do? If your battery only holds a 30 to 50 percent charge and then your range is reduced by 40 percent, where are you going? You'd have yeah. to charge up every day just to go, you know, 40, 50 miles, you know. And, and it takes how long to charge it up completely? An hour? 
you know, a, a 45 minutes. I, I don't, longer. I don't know. It'd take longer than that if it was cold. I know that for sure. Well, we're going to go off a of Tesla's model. They have a fast charging and I believe the fast charging charges it until 75% or 70% or 80%, somewhere around there. And then the last 20% takes like another hour. So it takes yeah, like 30 but, minutes to do 80% or something like that. Yeah. 20, and in 20, so 30 minutes to do an 80% charge. Well, that's impressive. Something like that. It, but, I might be very, I might be giving them way more leeway than it actually is, but we'll say that, you know, cause I don't remember the right, the, the exact amount. Figures, right. But, 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 but really uh, it, if, if that's the case, you know, it's not going to be that way when it's cold. That's if all the, all the temperatures and everything's perfect, you know, 80% in 30 minutes. But if it's reduced by the cold, it's only going to charge up maybe halfway. So you might get 40% in 30 minutes. I mean, that's, and then you can only go half the range. Well, what are you going to, what are you going to do? You know, um, it, it's just not a feasible thing. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's just nuts to me. Well, one of the things I saw, the Brattle Group, I don't know if you've heard of it before, B-R-A-T-T-L-E Group estimates that the U.S. will require 1.25 million public charging outlets to support a projected 20 million electric vehicles by 2030. And that's not even half. That's just half the vehicles. That's just what they think will sell. That's just a projected sale. Um, there are over, there are about, I think, 270 to 220 million registered vehicles in the country. They don't know because there's always, you know, and it's right now it's like less than 1% and they're causing some, you know, electric issues, but they have 46,000 charging stations now. That means they'll need 1.25 million in eight years. That's a lot of work. I don't see that much construction going on right now. Do you? No, it's definitely not going to happen in eight years. It's yeah. Just not gonna... Yeah. It's just, I mean, I mean, it could, if they mobilize everything in the next two years, the last two years, they could do if it. If they just... manage that, that would be one of the biggest pioneers of infrastructure that's happened in the past 50 years. Uh, since, maybe maybe since more. The new, yeah. Since the new deal with uh, FDR, you know, <laughs> that would be, it would be astronomical. You know, if they yeah. manage that in eight years, or a, or a uh, or the World War II war effort, it'd be that big. It'd be like right. the war effort, them putting stuff out there. And I, I, I'm just wondering why are they pushing it so hard? I mean, like current vehicles, actually, even when you include everything they use during their carbon emissions for fuel, end up in the life of the vehicle, and because they're like 95% recyclable, which is not the case with electric vehicles, because of uh, the, the lithium ion and other chemicals they use, current vehicles are more efficient in their life. Uh, we've just gotten super good at making efficient vehicles. You know, um, yeah, they're putting turbos and everything now too. So gas, you get smaller yeah, and smaller engines. Yeah, they use a lot less uh, gasoline than they used to. That's a cleaner gas thing. with the detergents they use. They, they right. got a better catalytic converters on and them. There's almost yeah, there's almost no, I mean, there's very few emissions and they cheat try and they so I'm wondering why the big put like somebody's gonna make a pile of money, more than Tesla off of this, you know, off of these uh off of these things, uh, especially with a push this big, this quick. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I I that's just what I think as a 
as a boomerang. Well, I, well, let's just do it towards. I just want to know the the usuals on because people have different opinions on. Would you drive? Would you let? First off, let's do the let's do the crazy one. Would you prefer to have something drive you somewhere? Say you had to go to Texas to see me. Would you just prefer something to just I get in and it drives me and I get to read a book and go to sleep, you know, or whatever. I, I have an old school thing. I like to be on the highway, be in control, you know, and that long, that far. I mean, on the interstate, I might let it go because it's more like a train. You just get on and you can just go in a straight thing. Like a shuttle. Yeah, almost like getting on an independent car shuttle, you know, in a, a, a you know, in a convoy like, you know. But um, I might be all right with that, uh, but I would prefer to drive it myself, especially if I'm on a motorcycle. I mean, yeah, I want to be a... I'm driving my yeah. son. I prefer to be on a motorcycle. And the, you know, the motorcycle electric, the mo- electric motorcycles are pretty impressive. They're about 90 to 95% there. The new Harley is like 95% there as far as I, I haven't know. looked at it, but I have not been impressed at all by any of the iterations of electric motorcycles so far, yeah. actually. <laughs> the, Zeros, the latest zeros are pretty good. They're about 90%. I wouldn't do it. They're too small and they're small so they can have a decent range. Um, and the Harley doesn't have nearly the range, but I mean, the way it looks and the way it handles and does is about the last 5% is all about range. You know, uh, the yeah. power right there, it just won't go very far. You know, if you're not, I mean, it claims a range over a hundred miles, but in actual practice, no, you know, you're looking, but as a commuter vehicle, it's, it's fine. You know, if mm-hmm. you're, if you're commuting less than 40 miles, you know, it, it's fine. Um, right. but anything else it's not like like we like to take long rides you know you come in to visit me you ride five to six hours depending on traffic and what's going on no there's no way um yeah uh right now i'd have to take like two breaks at least and let it charge for that to happen right two breaks and each break even on a motorcycle battery each break is going to run you half hour to an hour waiting so it's going to instead of being a five to six hour run it's going to be uh uh Eight. eight to ten hour run you know, depending upon if you're waiting in line because other people are using it, how long it actually takes, how cold it is, what the traffic's going to be like. You thought you were going to be here this time, but now the traffic's going to be different. So you might be going through rush hour through a couple of major metropolitan areas. So it's going to throw you back even farther, you know. Also, it's not fun waiting at a gas station or wherever I'm doing this. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's right, not, right. It's not enjoyable at all. No, you're just sitting, literally sitting there twiddling your thumbs like, oh, you can get something to eat. I don't need to eat. I left before I left the house. Why should I have to spend more money to, just because I'm charging up my vehicle? I'm just charging up my vehicle. You know, like, we, right. you kill it. it's, what's, what should take a, a quarter of a day is now taking all, all the day I'm not sleeping. You know, and that's if they have the charging stations that, are, that should be there for you to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's tough, man. That's a tough hurdle to get over. I you know, I'm going to be an internal combustion guy probably for a while. Like, I, would, I wouldn't mind having an electric vehicle, but it would be certainly a recreational. It wouldn't be a serious one to me. If I wanted to go on a real trip and not worry about it, right. I would definitely be on, you know, internal combustion. Um, I would not be, I would it, not it be would, an electric one. Electric they'd have one. to have a lot better um, infrastructure for me to want. They'd have to have a lot better software. They have to have a lot better... Uh, just everything have to be a lot crisper for me to want to just go in and say, oh, yeah, I'll just put my life in the hands of this autonomous robot thing from it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it'd have to be quite, I'd have to let a lot of gerbils go through that first before I went through that. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know that 
motorcycles have the automatic stuff. I mean, they have the radar that'll start breaking. I'm not talking about, I'm just talking about cars in general. I'm just talking about for the option of some, you know, because it is very appealing. You know, you don't want to freaking drive five hours all the time. You know, I I just want to see my family. I don't want to do five hours of driving. That's passengerless. You know, that's, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's automatic driving vehicles. That's not electric vehicles per se, you know, sure. uh, that's a whole different thing with electric vehicles. I just like for a car, as long as you don't have to go anywhere away and you have the extra money and you don't mind hunting, waiting at a power station. Sure. It's fine. Um, I just don't see them ever having, I mean, they could, but it would be very niche by the time they get, you know, autonomous driving down, it's mostly going to be incorporated into electric vehicles. I just don't see them otherwise doing it for combustible engines. The amount of electricity you'd have to have involved, all the sensors, all the all the computer well, like, processing, just like just have it on electric vehicles. Include sensors and internal motors, um, like they did with, with the with the EVs. That's all. I don't I don't think that's as big of a thing. Autonomous, autonomous vehicles would be another subject. Um, I don't think that would be as, as long as it's defined from the designed from the ground up as an autonomous, you know, self-driving vehicle, then okay. Uh, it would be difficult to retrofit one, um, I think. But yeah, you know, well, I just think by the time the technology is there for it, we're most likely going to be yeah, pretty much electric vehicles. Right, right. And then, of course, you know, 20 years after that, everybody, even though we haven't been convicted of a DUI, will have to blow in a tube before it lets us take manual control to make sure we're not, you know, impaired in any way. Or, or do one of those, you know, capture tests. Like, do you see how many bikes do you see, and to make sure you're not impaired, you're not. That might be interesting. You might not even need a driver's license anymore if you just. I want, you know, I want. I just want to go here, and, and the t- and the vehicle drives me. I don't need a driver's license. What do I need a driver's yeah, like, license for? Like those, uh, like those taxis in uh, Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger. They just turn Johnny Cab, you know, whatever. <laughs> so yeah. It's, yeah, maybe so. The yeah, science fiction is right at our door. I mean, we're living in it from a variety of ways. But, you know, right now, we're not there. We're still at the threshold. It's just they're forcing on it. And sure, you can make things work if you don't really have to use it. It doesn't compare to what we're currently using. But it's like being foisted upon us, even though it's a substandard product right now. Um, yeah, that's yeah, I definitely agree with that. It is definitely being forced upon us, despite the lack of very obvious uh abilities for it to actually go somewhere right now yeah that i i I don't get that how how do you like you know my generation wouldn't appreciate it all even though we're you know my generation's the biggest buyers of it i think only as a novelty and because they thought it was cool and as people with a lot of money that's not that's not all of us for sure because you'll get to be the jetsons right yeah no that's that's flying through the air i hold (laughs) it but um yeah, like, I don't know how your generation looks at it, though, other than, you know, well, yeah, let's let's be good for the environment because I want my kids to grow up in it. And that's a that's a noble thing. You know, you, you should be that way to some degree. But, you know, if, if they're not telling you the truth about how it actually works, how can you make informed decisions? You know, I, I'm not sure. And I know at least three people that own uh, electric vehicles and uh-huh. none of them have gotten it for the oh, it's better for the environment. They got it because they like they liked them like the way they look. Cool they, they have a certain. They have a certain lifestyle too. They they don't go where anywhere really. They live in an urban area. Everywhere they want to go is quite close to them, yeah. so they don't have to worry about the range at all. So it's like and, a mile, right? 
and it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a tesla culture with that as well there it's all told it's all teslas that they own and there's a bit of a tesla culture same thing with jeep culture you know like yeah. oh i own a jeep i get to do jeep things with the jeep people same thing with tesla people so yeah. it's pretty much it i've seen i haven't seen anybody like well i just want to make sure i'm you know health conscious and environment conscious no they don't none of that yeah, well, you know, I, well, th that's something I, I haven't, I, I've known a, a couple people with them and they did it for the cool fact and they just like the vehicles, like you said. Mm -hmm. um, and, and one of them kind of mentioned as an aside, like, yeah, it's good for the environment too. Like that's a, a bonus, but that really wasn't why, oh. you know, he just like, that's part of the consideration and okay, fair enough. But uh, right. yeah, bottom line, if you're spending that much money, you're buying it because you think it's cool, you know, yeah. or you wouldn't get it for whatever reason. Right. And that's fine. It's your money, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I, like I said, they would have to make really great advancements in the next few years to make it a viable thing for people. Like, uh, you know, driving six hours to see you in a Tesla is not a thing. I'm not. Right. Doing it. Even if they had a station everywhere. I think you could barely do it if you went 50 miles the entire time. And you got well, like a really high end one. <laughs> well yeah i got the extra you know modules put in and stuff but the gran turismo if that that's a, a version of it <laughs> right but the thing of it is um it it would need to have it would still need to have, and when i got there i'd be totally dry you know yeah but it would need to have a charging station halfway to realistic because if you're on the interstate you're not gaining electricity from stopping and going you know you're yeah. it bleeds out much faster you yeah know? all that kinetic you know yeah charges you get from breaking yeah, none of that yeah. you're not getting that in the city you get far better mileage and that's the mileage they typically quote to you the city driving you know and it's better you know that mm -hmm. they recharge as you're breaking is it is, oh also this traffic lights you get to stop so it's not really yeah. using any battery blah blah right blah. yeah people but when you're on the interstate just straight shot you know like i like would be 99 percent of the journey to see you um yeah it, it would go down far greater than their claimed range you know mm -hmm. If I was lucky, it might do 60 to 60 to 70 percent of that, and uh, it wouldn't make it. So I'd need a charging station at least halfway there, and even then, yeah. it would take at least an hour, as long as the weather was perfect, to charge up. And that's if it wasn't full from other people needing to charge up. If everybody else was driving an electric vehicle, um, you're not going to be pulling up to the fuel station, filling up in five minutes, paying with your car or your phone, and driving off. That's gone. That that, not that will never happen. You know, not anytime soon at least they're definitely gonna have to start implementing some much better architecture for batteries for that to ever happen yeah i just batteries just don't work that way you and i know that you know so yeah not the I batteries guess, that are out right now that's for sure <laughs> yeah i guess it's one way to keep people from from going away too much you know you, you're going to make sure that everybody's going to stay within like 150 mile range you know because hey i I'm sure convenience stores are start making a lot more profit. People are just sitting there, nothing to do. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And people will be going on fewer vacations. If they can't drive yeah. their uh, electric vehicle to the train or a boat, a ship, or a uh, airport, they're not going because their cars just make it. That might be it. That might cause the value of public transportation to just be that much more higher. And we start looking into train building a lot more as transportation. You know? Yeah, I, I see that as a planned thing. I know that sounds conspiracy theory, but I really, it, I really do. That's, 
it's, it's not a bad like, one. They have a couple plans already, and from Houston to certain areas, they already have. They've had those plans for ten years. They just haven't done anything with it. But this yeah. might be the push they need to really get it going. Yeah, it, you know? yeah. They've been talking about that, you know, for a while between every metro area. But with this, it, it's all. It would almost be a necessity, especially if you're a commuter from one metro area to another. It's not. It wouldn't be viable with electric vehicle if everybody's forced to have it because nobody's selling internal combustion anymore here's the real conspiracy on it is for all those trains to work the government has to buy a bunch of land for all those for that for that track for the train to be on and that's where they get all that land for the incentive we we went over (laughs) that you know 100 and 140 years ago with eminent domain they'll just get it and there's nothing you can do about it right exactly and that's That's how they acquire it is done you know people got to keep the engine moving so Mm -hmm. you know that that'll be that but i i just the thing of it is that the electric vehicle concept is nice, but it's still not what they purport it to be. It's, it's, it doesn't create less pollution as we speak. You know, why, why don't they perfect it and get it better before the push? Why are pushing it now? That's, that's the only thing I get. What, yeah, and if it problem? does, it's, it's genuinely insignificant margins, not even worth mentioning. Like, really, honestly, if you're saying it's better for the environment, you're talking small margins you know I, I i actually as far as i know it's not it's it's not better uh, i'm just giving the benefit when of the doubt running, right you know? but in the total life of the vehicle it's not because right. you, you have more pollutants that you have to deal with in the creation and the destruction of the electrical vehicle than you yes, do especially of implementation of, of it being disposable at this point it being part of the frame right. and everything like that it, it's actually i'm sure when that starts becoming into the statistics it will if they're genuine with this, with the statistics, it'll be yeah. Uh, yeah. it'll be interesting to see that. Well, you, you know, you know, I'm thinking, like I said, they're they they got two million vehicles, you know, that are electric vehicles right now, and that includes hybrids. So they still have an internal, a small internal combustion engine in there, and they're looking at, you know, increasing that to fifty percent. Now, if there are two hundred and seventy million internal combustion vehicles in the United States registered in the United States right now, two hundred seventy million vehicles. That means they would have to have a hundred times more to have 200 million electric vehicles on the road. And they're going to do that to, so for half that say 170, it's 130. So 2 million, you know, for 170 times that 70, yeah, 70 times that, that. 60 to 70 times that 65 times that they're going to do that in eight years. All the dealerships are starting to do it. I mean, they, they even discontinued the Hellcat. By God. I saw that. And they're yeah. starting, they're trying to do an electric Hellcat. Well, it won't yeah. be called a Hellcat. Maybe it'll be called something else, but the Challenger will be. I mean, they are cool. They make no noise. The loudest thing in an electric vehicle is the sound of the wind if you crack a, a, a window and the sound of the tires if the window is completely over. It's, it's pretty quiet, you know? Yeah. Which is, which is kind of cool. But it, it and it'll, Takeoff is unbelievable. They put any kind of electric motor in there, especially now they're more efficient. The motors over each wheel and some of the electric vehicles are two wheels or, you know, control is amazing on them. Yeah. It'll snap your head off. You know, they can easily do all wheel drive and they can make them, you know, they'll get better as time goes on too, but they could have done this in a laboratory. They didn't. Why now? You know what? <laughs> why, why force, why using us as beta testers in the real world and, and making us spend more money than we have when you can get a decent vehicle now for 35 grand, you're going to have to spend twice that for something that's not nearly as usable. 
No, I see that as as part of the the growing pains of how capitalism works. You know, you need profits, or but you need at least some type of because they're yeah. being subsidized. Tesla's been sure. subsidized for two decades. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. I'm I agree on that, but I'm talking about like just uh the meaning for R and D or seeing the potential of it being something. Yeah, but if there was a real need, they couldn't keep up with making enough electrical vehicles. Like the you know the Model T four and all the other vehicles that are making in the twenties and thirties. They, nobody could make vehicles fast enough. The reason they had salesmen back then was to take bids on the sale of a car. Now it's the opposite. Everybody's trying to argue the sale price down, you know, when they're going to buy a car. Back then, people were throwing money at them to get a car. Because, you know, so if there was a genuine desire and need for it, you wouldn't have to subsidize anything. Companies would be popping up like mushrooms to get in on it and make it. So that's capitalism. This is that, the opposite yeah. of that. This is, we're going to tell you what you're going to buy and you're going to like it because it's better for you, even though it's not as good, even though it doesn't work as well, even though it's more, it's not as utilitarian, even though it's got some growing pains and it's going to cost you more. Yeah, you're going to like it. Here you go. And that's, that's, that is crazy to me. Yeah, but... Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know why people aren't in arms about it, but, you know, it's, it is definitely a different world. Uh, I think, people, I don't think it's, I just don't think it's feasible. I don't think they're really going to enforce it when it really comes down to, because they're not going to get there in time. It's just not going to happen. The timeline so they have in, in front is just not going to happen. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, they're definitely not going to make, you know, um, over 1 million charging stations in the next eight years. Um, and that's if they had, 20 million vehicles on the road. If they had 130 million vehicles on the road, they'd need a lot more than that. If half of the vehicles on the road were actually electric vehicles, they would need a lot more than that. We're not even talking the amount of, you, you need more energy. You just need to provide yeah. more energy. There aren't for nearly that. enough power plants. Yes. No, there aren't nearly enough power. The number of power plants would have to go up significantly. Uh, there was a report that said, oh no, if, if, if uh, 10% of the vehicles on the road, we'd only need, you know, about 10 to 15% more energy. That's 10%. Well, they just said they wanted 50% of all vehicles on the road in 2030 to be, you know, uh, using electricity to propel themselves. So you telling me you need 50% more power? I don't see them building any more power plants to you. You know, I, I haven't seen it. And they People need are going to have to start, they're going to have to start embracing nuclear power plants a lot quicker yeah. if they want to do that. At least solar, for sure. I mean, yeah. wind power is neat and you see them go up, but they've been shown, wind power has shown to be problematic with maintenance and cost. It's just not a feasible thing uh, right now with current technology and build structure. And it's just, they tried it really hard in Europe and it just, it's too variable. If you don't have wind, you don't have power. I mean, and, and they've done it in places. So they're switching over to more nuclear and more solar over there for good reason. You know, learn from their lessons. Don't repeat their mistakes, you know. But yeah, you, you would need at least 50% more power. And then you're going to need the lines, you know, to do it. The current lines can't handle that load. So I, I don't see them doing that. And this so you'd is have to re, you have to do all those lines, more power plants, more stations in eight years. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll I, see you then. Yeah, uh, they act like it's like right around the corner. Eight years is almost right around the corner for that. It's a revolutionary change. Like half the vehicles you see are going to be electric. I like, I yeah, I, it's a nice. Can we, is but, there a bet I could make somewhere for this? Can yeah, I put down I'm some sure, money? 
I'm sure Vegas might have some odds, you know, and they're yeah. including hybrid vehicles, you know, so you would still need gas station to fill up the little 1.1 liter, you know, uh, turbo four cylinder. Uh, <laughs> but you would still need at some point to plug in one liter four cylinder. Yeah, one turbo four cylinder. But you at some point, you're still going to need to plug in that because it's going to be pulling all those batteries in that electric motor. So your, your mileage, gas mileage is going to be terrible. Uh, if you don't have a charge in that thing. So uh, you, you won't be able to go cross-country on that thing to any real degree. It's still not a cross-country vehicle. It's just a, a just-in-case vehicle if I run out of juice. You know? Yeah, they're, they're just going to start having smaller and smaller engines to compensate for the, the lack of uh, infrastructure they have. It's going to have a half-liter, four-turboed engine. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to see two-cylinder motors in there, you know, like <laughs> two-stroke twin, twin turbos. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, yeah oil grass mixture in there it's gonna be good it's gonna be good yeah, for the environment well, no, those are those are highly pollutant so i don't think <laughs> right so. that's be the ironic ironic part of it. it's like we just start going backwards for some reason yeah, because... I don't, I, yeah it, that's certainly possible i don't see them doing that i think they'll go to full you know battery before they do yeah. that but of course i, I, don't, I would I hope see more fully electric vehicles coming out than i do see hybrid vehicles coming out you know um, well, I mean, they're definitely getting to the peak of trying to be as efficient as possible to gas usage. You know, they're, even the Tundra is coming out the six, six cylinder turbo Tundra, you know. Right, right. They used to be the old school, old school. They had the V8 forever. Right. So and it was they, they finally changed it. Yep. Yeah. Those vehicles got over 300,000 miles all the time if you did the, the, ba the basic maintenance on change filters and oil. 300,000 was easy. Um, you know, I don't. It, it'll be interesting to see how these electric vehicles act. You know, and the thing is, electric vehicles have fewer moving parts. It's it's theoretical yeah. that you'd have fewer breakdowns if they get the software dialed in and the electrical components dialed in and all the modules dialed in. The real issue is going to be batteries. You know? Yeah. Well, that's the main issue I've seen is it's circuit. You know, electric issues, which we've had forever since cars have become more and more. Yeah. You know, involved with computers is electric issues. Yeah, and, and shame on you if it gets flooded. Oof. You think yeah, you have done. problems. If water gets up to the floorboard on that, and I know they're supposed to be sealed, but there has to be yeah. some way to let off that heat in a battery because yeah. they get hot. So they're not going to be totally sealed. You know what I mean? No. Yeah, so I, I, it's going to be interesting to see how they solve that little engineering problem. Um, and they can be in coast and have water moving through them like a radio. I mean, they, they have all kinds of ways to do it. But you know, all you need is the tiniest hairline crack done. Water. Yeah, there, there is no taking off, you know, the floorboards and putting a new wire harness in, and you're good to go. It, no, no, that you're, anymore. You're, you're through. It's going to infect the whole thing. It'll be like a virus, just ruining the entire thing. Uh, done. The whole vehicle, everything, not just the batteries, everything. Uh, and uh, yeah, you I see insurance going up quite a bit. <laughs> not just the, the note that's going to kill you. It's going to be the insurance because. And the other thing, getting a wreck, you're going to have hazmat teams come out every time, not just for potential gasoline and radiator fluid. It's going to be because you have battery acid everywhere. That actually brings up a good point. They actually have started implementing more training for firefighters and such because of the frequency of electric vehicles and ha knowing how to deal with them. Because it's an electric fire. You don't just put water on an electric exactly. fire. Exactly my point. Not just hazmat, but it burns different. You know, and it doesn't stop until it's finished. It creates its own oxygen. It already has a flame. Now what? You know, uh, the metals there are burning of their own accord, creating oxygen. So, you know, yeah, you're just splashing water on it. Ain't going to get it. 
uh, and, mm -hmm. and some of the foam they use isn't going to work either. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a totally new ball. And certainly they can convert, but that's more money, which more taxes. You know, that's well, not only that, they're they're volatile. They explode on fire. You know, stuff happens. Yeah. If a battery starts to go bad, it could blow up on you. You know, call, you know, and it's encased by metal, so that's you know yeah, called shrapnel. Shrapnel <laughs> coming up through the floorboards, you know. Uh, right. That's uh, fun times. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how that works. Um, I suppose know, no more dangerous than I guess supposedly a gas tank exploding. Yeah, you got a bomb in front of you, you know, that's timed perfectly in a in a in a small chamber under pressure going down the road. It's firing off multiple times per second in each chamber. So they can, that's, you know, that electrical stuff they can deal with. I'm just thinking about usability though, that the era of, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to go, we're going to, me and, and, and the wife and kids are going to get in the family truckster and go to the Grand Canyon. Those get in the days, new Cybertruck. Yeah, those, you know, that big station wagon, like National Lampoon, that was the first right. one. That, those days are over. You're not, you're not going to be able to do that uh, and it'd be an actual fun trip because you're going to be stopping every 150 to 200 miles to plug in for an hour. You know? It's definitely not there for quite a while. You know, there yeah, definitely have to use huge, huge steps and leaps and bounds and the technology for tech battery for that to be a thing again. If yeah, they really want to implement this in eight years. They would have to triple battery efficiency and, and you would still be stopping every 450, you know, to 550 miles uh, at triple the efficiency. And that's what? You know, at 50 miles an hour, nine, nine to nine to 11 hours, a full day of driving for most people. Uh, and then you could plug in somewhere, um, which would be OK, is like I said, as long as the weather was good, as long as the roads weren't bad, as long as you weren't caught in a traffic jam, just sitting or having right. to run the AC or the heat. We're assuming the they're able to extend the battery longevity without, you know, compromising the, the charge time. Exactly. But if they don't. What if they have to have longer charge times because you have a longer battery, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like it used to be an hour because that's how much energy those things transferred. And that's what the power plants can produce. And that's what the lines can tolerate. If you have a greater range, that means instead of sitting there for an hour, you're going to be sitting there for three hours, you know, to fill it up. Yeah, that, that makes that vacation just, you're not going to be driving anymore. Um, yeah. You know, I think the best way for them to really, you know, really tackle that is to make the charging time lower first because otherwise you know i think thing. if they made it down to 10 minutes it'd be much more yeah. palatable <laughs> you, you, you know how that works the more energy you have basic physics the more heat you generate especially be, being transferred i current technology is not even close to being able to handle something like that you know uh yeah. and, and even if it could the cost for the materials for that would be astronomical you know 80 grand 80 to 90 grand for an electric vehicle to be able to do that it would triple that you know you you might be yeah. looking at a quarter million bucks to make that kind of transfer and it'd have to be on a special machine only certain ones could do that to handle that load and transfer that much i mean you're looking at a whole different thing i'm just thinking mass produce for the general public like this is what everybody's kind of in and everything's kind of close like you're going to have you know a 10 to 20 percent variable in what and range and ability and things like that but it's still going to be an electric vehicle the technology is what it is you know and it's going to yeah i mean they have you know they've been talking about graphene batteries and those have some yeah. pretty impressive stats on them but 
mass fabrication is the problem. You yeah, know? theoretically, have you actually seen any working yet? Right, that's the problem. Is yeah. none of them are available to civilians by any means. Right. So, you know, getting it out into the public is the biggest hurdle there, and that's the hurdle for any item. You know, making well, millions of them for everybody to use. I, I'm wondering why, if that's a if that's a, a viable technology, and this is something that's being pushed as part of the government agenda, why aren't they doing that? You know, why aren't why aren't they saying, look? These graphene batteries are used in the military and special operations conditions and, and space type technology. Here you go. Knock yourselves out, you know. So I, I do know from the last time I read it, although it's been over a year, was that they just couldn't figure out a way to mass mass produce these things. Ah, so, so that it's been... is probably the lamest excuse I've ever they can mass produce anything. <laughs> Seriously. Well, I mean that's apparently just the process. not. It is a process, but I'm not sure what the process involves. You know, whether yeah. whether it be too expensive to mass produce it, it just I, that be... might be the that might be the stumbling block. But they can, they just choose not to. But that sounds right. like complete nonsense. About we don't know how to mass produce. If you can produce it, you can mass produce it. It's just a matter of setting it up. You know, just a matter of engineering. It's not a matter of ability. You know, right? So they're making you think like, oh, we can't do it. You can, you just won't. Now, why not? Well, if you really want to go into conspiracy of it all, maybe they just don't have enough. The right people don't have enough money invested in that, and they want to see theirs get pushed first. You know, that sounds like the the, the thing that's made the most sense about it. Yeah, like the people who are involved in this right now aren't involved in that, and they wouldn't make any money if we started doing that. Yeah, that 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 sounds more. And I hate to be that guy, but man, that's the only thing that makes sense. Like you know, that's people, what. It's to be that guy, but that's what happens a lot. Yeah, that is what happens. You know, I, I've seen it too many times uh, in my life over and over and over again. Uh, politically connected people getting rich and then politicians getting rich and all at the expense of the taxpayer because it's taxpayer money. Oh, and yeah. It, just somebody who's a public it, servant. It, it just, just so just happens like, to triple their net worth for some yeah, reason. Like Weird. Solar companies that blew up 10 years ago. Now, most of them are gone. The people that ran them are rich and they went bankrupt because they just couldn't sell enough. The, the market wasn't ready yet. I'm wondering if, if that's going to be the case for electric vehicles. Like that's, that's the thing now, um, you know, like solar's not going to go away. I think solar is going to be the future in a lot of ways, but I it was too. too early and somebody and a bunch of people got rich and you didn't really hear much about it. Um, and now it's kind of, it's still there, but it's in the background. And I'm no, now it's, like, it's EVs are huge and people are getting rich and I'm wondering you know, is this too soon or, you know, are we 10 years ahead of the curve or what? I've actually been keeping up with solar panels. I am quite um, interested in solar panels. They've actually have been improving slowly, but steadily. Yeah. They, you know, from it was from five to 10 years now to 15 to 20 years. Their efficiency is still there. And it's a, you know, 95 to 100 percent efficiency for 15 to 20 years, which is quite impressive. They actually do pay themselves off. I don't think it's 95. Oh, you mean as far as uh, paying off, as far as value. Longevity as, yeah, yeah. for the amount of energy value. they get. Right. Yeah, not not as far as, as working in energy transfer, but... but in, in Oh, yeah, work. energy transfer. I'm serious. Like, yeah, 95 oh. to 100% for 15 years. No. I, I, I And I'm going to think, I think I might be misunderstanding because, like, even the best solar panels only transfer, like, 75 to 85% sunlight. Oh, no, 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 not efficiency on the level of, I'm saying for the amount that they do, like, say they only do 80%, oh. 
that's but 100 percent efficiency on 80 percent for yeah, 15 that's, that's years what, yeah that's what i meant like yeah yeah no they're not you, you know you have you have heat dispersion you have all these other right, things there's right. never gonna be 100 percent transference and everything else so, right right yeah, no, but no, what no. you're saying is, well they pay for themselves after a few years and then they continue to pay for themselves for like 15 years yeah that and that's impressive it used to be like you said five years max and it was pretty much done you know it yeah was it was unusable you know and and um, you tried to get out of it what you could. Uh, but now, yeah, and, that, and that's good. Like I said, I think that's going to be a large part of everybody's future. And I've always thought that was cool, even since I was a little kid. But again, that was pushed very hard 10 years ago. And it's really, it's still going on in research, but it puttered out. You don't, you don't see much about it anymore, but every once in a while. But then it was in the news all the time, like electric vehicles now are in the news all the time. And they're pushing it. And the federal government was pushing it then. And they subsidized all sorts of companies that made millions people made millions in it now they're gone they're nowhere yep. like where'd that money go you know what happened what you know so it was it was uh interesting to say the least um and nobody's going to prison that i'm aware of i mean I'm, <laughs> you know the fbi is investigating but they continue to investigate but nobody no indictments are filed no nobody's talking about it on the news like what happened and i'm wondering if that's going to be the ev's future in the next couple of years you know eight years um like they can make a lot you can make a lot happen with eight years when you're the authorities you know you you control the money but that still seems pretty close to go from two million to 130 million vehicles half the vehicles on the road would be electric that's 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 beyond impressive to me so we'll see how it goes yeah Um, beyond impressive to say the least yeah yeah And, and again you still haven't overcome infrastructure issues you still haven't overcome cold issues and practical issues and what about the streets i mean you know that's congestion i mean that's that's you got you got more than that but um yeah that's uh i'm curious to see how that's going to go um so we just about talked this one down I think so. <laughs> I think so. And uh, that means next episode, we're going to talk about why is everyone quitting their job or the great resignation? You know, what, what's going on? And uh, here from two generation perspectives. And uh, I left mine, you know, to take a early retirement uh, about seven months ago, six, seven months ago. And, um, and I can offer my personal insight. And you yourself are looking at you know, you're not going to be in your job forever. Uh, so you'll eventually quit. And most people don't stay in one job forever like they did in the 50s. Like, you know, you stay there 40 years, get the watch, pat on the back, go home, and then you have a heart attack in a year. Uh, most most people don't live in the dream. Live in yeah, the dream. that's, yeah. You know, most people now have six or seven different careers, you know, uh, uh, in your generation. From what I read, I don't know if that's actually true. I've go had, home and beat the wife and drink a little uh, bit. Uh, yeah, I've had, no, I've had several careers myself, uh, um, but they're all interrelated in some in some way, like one led to the next to the next, you know, but, you know, it's interesting to see, you know, you know, what we can find about it, how to talk and how we talk about it and each perception is like, you know, now it's it's huge. And why is everyone quitting their job? So that's what we're going to talk about on the next podcast. Uh, I want to thank everybody for coming. Please like and subscribe, and um, we'll see you soon. Peace.